Hello and welcome to the Roman Around League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the Washington team and Seattle Seahawks game from this past Monday night. The team is on a roll, winning its third in a row. It's starting to feel a lot like last year in 2020. Also, look ahead at the Washington team Raiders game this upcoming weekend. The team is in the last wild card spot if the season ended today. So look to solidify that spot with a win this weekend. Lastly, I'll take a look at some waiver wire pickups and matchup-based starts for your fantasy football teams. A lot to get to, so here we go. Washboard team Seattle Seahawks game. You know, Washboard team dominated that game in every aspect except on the scoreboard. You know, the game should have never been close. Um, obviously, there's some factors to that the kicker Joey Sly going getting hurt. Um, if they were able to kick a couple field goals, that last drive number would have happened. If Joey was out there, it would have been what a 25-yard field goal. Game would have been over. Seattle had no timeouts. Wouldn't have gave everyone a mini heart attack like it did to me um, in that in that last instance. Um, also came up short on third downs. So it's done the growth of the lead. Um, there was a lot of plays where uh, Tony Gibson was you know, stuffed or even uh, Jared Patterson on one run. Um, I'd like to see Scott mix it up a little bit. It was basically the same play almost on every third down. And it was working in the beginning of the game. But when the second half came, um, you know, Seattle caught on and it basically was just Mostly time running out of the shotgun to the left or right side, uh, inside tackle guard situation, and Seattle picked up on it. You know, by Wagner made some plays, Jordan Brooks made some plays, and you know, even Jamal Adams as well. And then, you know, had forced Washington, well, the Washington football team into some punts and really, you know, prevented them from stretching the lead. Um, movies of defense, defense was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Um, probably the best, one of the most, most complete performances all year uh, from start to finish. 4 for 12, only allowed 4 third down conversions, 4 for 12 on the day, best by far of the season. Um, I think it was 5 straight 3 announced at one point in the second half. And they were suffocating uh, Seattle's receivers. Um, DK Metcalf never got off, whether it was William Jackson, William Jackson III or Kendall Fuller. Um, Russell, they did a good job of getting to him. He had to move a little bit. Obviously, wasn't as big as a pressure as, you know, if a guy like Chase Young or Montez was out there. But they still held their own for the most part. Uh, Jonathan Allen consistently blew up. Yeah, in the middle of the line, um, Kyle Fuller was holding on for his life um, multiple times um, when uh, Jonathan was rushing up the middle. Um, and again, that just shows the player that he's been. He's an all-pro this year. I don't really care what anyone else says. Jonathan Allen is definitely a pro bowler, but I think he's an all-pro uh, based off film this year. Um, edge rushers did their job. Uh, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, they do their assignment. I think it's all that Ron's looking for, and that's what he's preached all year, is these guys to be mature and really just do whatever they can to help others you know, succeed, whether that's uh, T and E stunts, um, guys coming outside into the edge, come the inside basically to free up another man um, to get that sack or make the play. Um, so you know they, these guys are doing it, and you know it's helping the team be successful. Obviously, they're nowhere near as talented as Chase or Montez, but they're doing the job, and that's all Ron can ask for. I like what I saw from Shaka Tony. Um, he, he had a couple good rushes. He had a sack on Russell Wilson at the end of the game. Um, he had a good career at Penn State. Um, he has some talent. I think he's the best pass rusher on. Uh, as the team has right now with Montez and Chase out, speaking pure pass rushing ability, I think he I think he is, and hopefully he gets some more run going forward. Jamin Davis had a few flash plays. Um, he's become more and more of a sure tackler. Um, definitely still think a little bit out there when he, but when he he is able to react, you could tell just the pure talent and athleticism the guy possesses. Um, looking at Landon Collins, you know, call him whatever you want. I know he doesn't want to be called a late, uh, a linebacker, um, but. Whatever Buffalo nickel, whatever Ron's calling him, and you know down the box safety, he's a playmaker right now, and he's been one of the main reasons this defense has turned this, this season around. 
Ever since he got closer to the line, the D has just been playing better as a whole. He's been more comfortable. It seems like every safety knows what their role is, and that's really helped everything go around. McCain on the back end, Ken, uh, Cam, you know, mixing between a deep, deep middle and obviously being closer to the line where he's probably most comfortable. But Land has been flying around. You can just tell the dude just reacts where everything's going on. Um, he's not hesitating. Especially on run plays, um, on that blitz late in the game where Cam Crow got credit for the sack, Landon Collins was there as well. Great play to even uh, make a play on Alex Collins to force a fumble to um, you know kill any momentum Seattle was building there. Bob McCain, I think, had you know one of his more poor games the last few. It still wasn't horrible. It wasn't like the beginning of the year, but a couple of coverage mishaps, uh, obviously on the Tyler Lockett play. Um, both plays. It was another one Tyler Lockett. He got turned around and he, he had a good, good close me to almost make a play on that second one. Um, but still just was a little too late. Um, but yeah, Bob McCain, again, wasn't as good as he was, let's say, the last two weeks. But um, again, better than it was earlier in the year. But you know, definitely need him to clean that up to get back to where he was in the Tampa game and in the Carolina game. Cam Curl is an absolute stud. I've said it before on this podcast. I'm a huge, huge Cam Curl fan. This is a pro Cam Curl podcast. Um, love his versatil- versatility. Love just the way he carries out his assignments. He's a signed baseball player. You can tell how much he watches film. Um, and he just... You know, the tough drop, yeah, I'm not, not, not excusing that, but um, he's just always around the ball, and the dude just makes tackles, and he makes plays. He's sure-handed. He can cover anyone. He covered Christian McCaffrey last week like it was nothing, um, and, you know, stopped him in a key fourth down. So, um, just he, he's just an absolute stud, and lucky this team has him. Uh, I like what Logan Thomas said at the end of his presser, calling him a top-five safety. I don't know if I can call Cam a top-five safety yet, but he is definitely progressing in that position um, to, you know, to make a case for that. You know, top echelon safety in the in the NFL. Um, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson third, and uh, Danny Johnson were really good. I like this alignment. Um, Benjamin St. Juice is no longer playing on defense. Danny Johnson playing in the slot more. Um, obviously, it's more with three three safeties are out there, or you know, whatever you want to call Landon. So even Danny Johnson isn't getting as much run. Kendall Fuller is staying exclusively in the outside, and it's, and it's paid off for him. He looks a lot better on the outside this year than he did in the slot. Um, and that's why he struggled earlier in the year. Um, even though slot was his best position in his first tenure with Washington, outside he took a lot more better and hope they keep him there. Um, just because he was, I think it was his best game of the year. He did not get bullied on DK by DK Metcalf in that one deep ball. Um, held his position, clean play, broke up the play. Um, and obviously you can't, you know, say enough in that game, seven interception on the two-point conversion. Wasn't even his man. Um Came off his guy, made a play uh, right in front of Freddie Swain to end the game um, in all intents for all intents and purposes. So uh, Kendall's been absolutely re- revelation these last couple of weeks, and I'm really happy to see him play and turn his um, turn his year around. And really, I think it's just because he's playing on the outside again, he's more comfortable there, and it's helped him, you know, just concentrate on that. Um, William Jackson III did a really good job on DK as well. Um, only one play he really got bullied per se, and I think it was you know, I think it was on even on the telecast where he got pushed by DK. If the ball was thrown to him, that might have been off as a PI, but um, overall, William Jackson has been a lot better too the last couple weeks, and Danny Johnson just looks comfortable in the slot more than Kendall did, so I hope they keep this alignment going forward, and it seems they will. Um, this defense is executed in all levels, and they can carry this team going forward, um, especially if they play like this, and especially with Monte Sweat eligible to come back against Dallas in two weeks. Offensively, run game, run game, run game. That's what it was. Uh, you got AG, um, or other people calling him Gibby, which just makes, makes me laugh because it makes me think of iCarly with Gibby, um, or if anyone is modern demographic who knows that. But uh, Antonio Gibson has definitely just been a stud recently. I love the way he's running the ball. Tough runner, hitting the hole. He's not hesitating. That's what's really helping him because um, he's not thinking as much out there. Uh, getting more and more of a one-cut kind of a rusher. Um, 
maybe taking a page out of JD McKissick. JD's been great at one cutting the last couple weeks. Um, and I love that, I love that uh, Gibby's getting more, getting stronger and stronger as the game goes on. Um, Offensive lines would open up holes for him, and uh, Gibson has, you know, made plays. Office, and that goes hand in hand with offensive line. They've been mauling people, especially Eric Flowers. Flowers has been another great year this year. It seems like Washington is just is where he needs to be at. When he was the Giants, the Jaguars, or I guess Miami last year, he's just not the same guy. But with here in Washington, he's an upper echelon starting guard, and I think that's you know evident to say, especially in the run game, he just out there mauling people, get into the second level like it's nothing, um, and just you know basically open up holes and decleating people really. So Flowers has been great, um, and obviously Sheriff. And even Keith Ishmael had a good game coming in for West Schweitzer. You just love the way this offensive line is playing with all these injuries. It shows the depth this team has built. Because obviously years ago when, I think, what, 2017 with Kirk Cousins where they had to replace guards. And Kirk had to introduce himself in the huddle. So it just it's just great to see this team has built the offensive line to have sustained injuries like this. And even then, this is an anomaly going to their fourth center. But they seem like they're going to uphold it and hopefully get better as the year goes on and stay consistent. Because the team is predicated on the run game right now. Um, Cornelius Lucas and Leno struggled a little bit on the outside. Lucas more than Leno. Um, I think he had a trouble with Daryl Taylor's speed off the edge. Taylor is a faster pass rusher in this league. Um, but I think they're going to be all right. Lucas is going to be there for at least the next three weeks with Cosby being placed on IR this week. Um, moving to Taylor. Uh, Taylor Heineke was solid again. Um, he's taking what the defense is giving him. That's why I tried to preach him at the beginning of the year in this podcast. I just didn't like how he was doing a little too much. Um, and maybe overthinking, and that might have been a, you know, even a fault of the coaching staff because they were telling him to at least, you know, always take care of himself. And it's hard to, you know, play your best when you're constantly thinking of, oh, don't do this, do this, don't do this, you know, do this kind of thing. So um, he's super, super confident right now. I said that last week's pod. And that's his biggest thing going for him because it doesn't matter if anyone believes in him. He believes in himself, and that it's so evident on the on the field. Um, this year and next year, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, don't, I know you could upgrade over Taylor, but... Um, you can win with a guy like Taylor Heineke. I think I'm confident in not saying that. Like, especially with this defense and a supporting cast around him, he's never going to be an upper echelon top quarterback. But you can win games with him if he plays like this, and this defense is playing like this, and the supporting cast that he has is making plays. So, um, doesn't mean they won't look to upgrade in the offseason. I think they should. Whether they can swing for the fences for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or even Russell Wilson or depending on the Deshaun Watson situation folds out. But, you know, barring getting a guy like that, I think you could, you know, run it back with Taylor next year and see what happens. Um, but, again, let's see how he plays these last six games and make a, you know, effort on that. If they get to the playoffs, I think that, that momentum is going to build even more for him going forward. Um, but, again, love his moment, movement skills, his calmness. He just is constantly just – I love the way how he doesn't even think twice about – when he's back there, um, he just looks so cool, calm, and collective. And that was even Evan on the two-point, well, not two-point conversion, that touchdown at the end that was reversed. It was fourth down, didn't bother him, set his feet, threw a nice ball to Logan. Um, unfortunately, Logan wasn't able to come down with him. But either way, I just, I just love the way he looks uh, calm and collected. My favorite play of the night was he eluded Rush and threw a, you know, a C to Logan Thomas on the sideline for a first down. Or Frank Thill is going to be a little of a concern with him. But it's enough to win and, you know, maybe going through another offseason with a NFL training staff that can help and maybe get, you know, stronger arm and going into next year. Um, moving on to J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick was a beast. Um, I, I love to see him get more carries and carries because he just gets up field. I think he's the most underrated player on this team. Um, and obviously, a two touchdowns, one in the pass game, one on the ground. Um, and it's really, really tough to see him go down. When he went down, it didn't look good. 
and he would he would be an absolute huge blow to this team if he's going to uh, be gone for multiple weeks or whatever but it uh, looks like today they finally did say he has a concussion which obviously is a tricky situation so don't know if he'll be able to play the sunday against vegas but hopefully he's not out too long if he's out at all Great to see Logan Thomas out there. Um, definitely would need him in the red zone going forward. Um, made a few, few plays. I think he played a lot more than Ron eventually originally said he would play, but he looked good, didn't look hampered. Um, also great to see Curtis Samuel. Um, played 20 plays, came out healthy, showed his explosiveness um, two times he got the ball. Really, I just like to see they use him in the variety of ways that we know that they can use him, um, whether it's out of the backfield, on screens. I'm really excited to see um you know how they use him as the season goes on if he gets more healthier deandre carter and humphrey made some clutch plays uh, humphrey had a first down catch in that last drive that extended the drive and carter is a solid solid player to become a better receiver as the year goes on especially if the guy that's been mostly known as a returner love to see terry get the ball a little more um, but you know heineke does spread the ball around but you know don't want to force feed him but terry should at least be getting 10 to 12, 10 to 12 targets a game i think he had eight or nine last week so last monday so it wasn't too off it but um, just I, I would just like to see him get even more screen plays or whatever because he's just a dynamic dynamic player and you know the best offensive player on this team and you know, right up there jonathan Alder best player overall on this team so definitely have to give them the ball more um should have scored more as a, as a whole i um, need to work on red zone and short yarders this biggest takeaways from these games but giddy logan thomas and curtis samuel probably helping both of those aspects overall great performance for a third straight win moving on to the raiders game you got Derek carr he leads the nfl in passing yards underrated quarterback i think he's finally getting some of his due this year um and he could really hurt you with his position excuse me with his precision and decision making skills really nice strong arm as well um accurate as well so he'll be tough to deal with you got josh jacobs and kenny drake in the backfield jacobs is a guy who was really high on at bama he had a first good first two years um been hurt this year only has i think a little over 400 yards um but he's a guy that um is getting healthier and someone that stevens has to contend with um receivers wise you got hunter renfro He's tough to deal with in the slot. Um, he gets open with his great, great route running, great hands as well. A guy that obviously doesn't look like you get scared off when he comes off of the bus, but he's just a guy that you have to account for. I mean, cannot let him get loose over the middle field because he will burn you. On the outside, they have Zay Jones. Um, I don't say a journeyman, but a guy that's been between the Buffalo and the Raiders and never had a true breakout year, but um, can make some plays. Brian Edwards is a guy they're high on. Um, Definitely has a lot of potential, but he's not getting as much run, um, which I thought he was after the Henry Ruggs situation. Um, but he's a, you know, a big, fast receiver that the team is in the account for. And then you got Deshaun Jackson. The guy still has wheels. I think he turned 35 this week. Um, but he can still get deep down the field. Just asked Dallas last week on Thanksgiving. So definitely need to be in their P's and Q's when D-Jax is out there. Um, Darren Waller is their best player. He's an absolute dynamo at tight end. But it looks like he's unlikely to play this week with that knee injury he suffered on Thanksgiving, and that will be a huge, huge break for this defense because um, he is, you know, top three tight end in this NFL. It looks like Foster Moreau will be the one taking over for them. I've got LSU, I think, in his third year. More of a blocking type, but um, is a, is an athletic uh, guy for his size. Um, secondary should be able to contain these guys, especially after being able to hold DK Metcalf in check. Lock and get off a little bit, but I think the Stevenson secondary will be up to the task going against the guys like Edwards and D-Jax and um, Zay Jones. And like I said, Renfro, I think, is the number one guy that I remember on this team, especially if Darren Waller is out. Um, their O-line is solid. You got Colton Miller at left tackle, John Simpson, 
Um, James, Alex Leatherwood on the inside. Leatherwood's a first-round pick who should have never been a first-round pick. The Raiders overdrafted another guy in the first round, which has kind of been their thing in the last couple years. And yeah, Brandon Parker, a right tackle. Leatherwood started the year at right tackle, and they moved into guard. It's been a little better at guard. Um, but that interior line with Simpson, Leatherwood, and James can be exploited. I expect the D-line to make plays. I expect Jonathan Allen to do what he does. I expect him to live in the backfield because those guys can't contain him. I think Deron Payne can have a good day. Maybe, maybe see some Matt Ioannidis. He hasn't really made an impact play this year so far, so this would be a good time for it. I think Shaka Tony should get more reps, especially on passing downs. Even if it's more, even if he's a third down rush specialist, he's the most explosive op- option this team has right now off the edge. Great first step, um, definitely better than you know the guys like Jason Williams and Daniel Wise and um, Two Hill. So hopefully they'll get some more run. Um, I think they'll need Lana Collins to have a sharp game to keep on Jacobs and Drake. Um, Lana's going to be in the box like he doesn't want to be or whatever he wants to say, but I think he he's going to have to key on a former. Another current, I guess, former Alabama alumni and Jacobs um, to you know keep him in check. You got Bobby McCain in the secondary. They need to be on a high alert when DJX is out. Like I said earlier, uh, McCain has to stay deeper than the deepest, not get sucked in like he did for Lockett's play. Um, so he, he he definitely has to be on his P's and Q's. You got Cam Curls, one of the smartest players in this team. I know he's going to be in position. Um, and then obviously, like I said, I think Kendall and William Jackson and even Danny Johnson in the slot would do you do just finding us an offensive um, weaponry uh, moving to the defense and for the Raiders um, Vegas has some really good pass rushers in Max Crosby and um, and Gakwe Yannick and Gakwe um, they're both explosive off the edge um, and someone that Leno and Lucas had to be on their PC uh, be at their best to contain them um, you got Jonathan Hankins and Jefferson on the inside Hankins is you know tough to move in the run, run game Quinn Jefferson's Pretty good in the pass game as well. He, he can get after the quarterback, but um, he's not a lead at that. Uh, but they need to, Washington football team need to stay committed to the run to keep the rush at bay. Um, they got to keep Crosby and Ngakwe on their heels. So the best way to do that is, again, pound the rock. Give Gibson 25 you know, touches again and you know, open up the pass game that way. You got Corey Littleton, Denzel Perryman, who's kind of had a breakout year. I think it's his fifth or sixth year in the league. And then KJ Wright, their linebacker core. Solid, solid core, but they can be exploited at the pass game. Um, Perryman has been had a good year this year, but he's still not the greatest in the pass, um, defending the pass, especially if JD can go. I think JD can have a really good game against that core. Um, so hopefully McKissick can come back. Um, secondary wise, I got Nate Hobbs, Casey Hayward Jr., Brandon Faison, who's been a really nice pickup for them from the Chargers earlier this year, and then Desmond Trufant, the veteran in this league. Um, those names aren't going to scare you. Hayward Jr. isn't what he used to be. Desmond Trufant isn't what he used to be. So um, I think this secondary could be exploited. You got Jonathan Abram. He's had a really good year. Um, I think it's the second or third year at Mississippi State. Former first-round pick. You got Trayvon Morag, a second-round pick at a TCU guy that I was really high on pre-draft. I think Washington was high on him as well. Um, definitely a ball hucking middle of the field type of safety. Um, had a little, been a short little struggle to adjust to the speed of the game for him in the NFL. But again, he's still a good, you know, I think he's gonna be a really good player in this league. The game plan for this team is really just, like I said, continue to run the ball. Um, Raiders are giving up 4.4 yards per carry. So, you know, basically run it twice and you're only getting 10 yards, you get a first down each time. So you can run on this team. Um, and that's what should be the game plan for this team. Um, Raiders are a little better against the pass, giving up only 234 yards per game. But have only, you know, counted for four interceptions. So they don't have too many playmakers in the secondary right now. Uh, but again, this should be another pound the rock game. Gibson should get 25 carries. Patterson should get, you know, five or six carries. Especially if McKissick is out, it looks like Wendell Smallwood Smallwood will be brought up 
for the practice squad if McKissick can't go. He actually been with he was with Philly, drafted with Philly out of West Virginia, and he actually was with Washington a couple years ago for a stint as well. Um, so it looks like Ron is is confident in him to take over if McKissick cannot go. Um, I would incorporate incorporate Curtis Samuel more in the running game if he can handle it. He's about I think he played. 12 to 15 plays this last week. Maybe they can get up to 25 this week if he can uh, handle it. And just to keep him in the run game, whether give him a few carries of the backfield or just uh, uh, backfield motion to, you know, draw some guys out of the box would be huge. And even just to open up Terry uh, down the field later in the game. Play action will help facilitate big plays for, you know, Terry McLaurin downfield or guys like DeAndre Carter or maybe De'Ami Brown if he gets some run. Um, he is a deep threat. Obviously, he's been slow to develop so far, though. I expect the team to move the ball again this week on this defense. I think they can do it and have a good, have some success at it. Uh, but my prediction um, for this one is more of a schedule loss. Uh, I've heard Brandon Monsign say it and John Kime, and I, I saw it as well. It's just like it's crazy this team played on Monday night. The Raiders played on Thanksgiving. I mean, 10 days prefer and Washington has five. So it's going to be a tough, tough game going across country to Las Vegas in those elements. Um, so I have Las Vegas winning 27-24, but I would not be shocked at least as Washington Bowl team wins. It would be an absolute huge win. Um, but I, I'm really just going with the circumstances. So I think Raiders um, will pick up this win this week. I'm moving to fantasy football. You got Taysom Hill for the Saints going against Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. Looks like he's finally going to be the starter for them, taking over Trevor Simeon, a guy that Sean Payton absolutely adores, evident of the contract he gave him a few weeks ago. Uh, Dallas has given up almost 23 points a game to opposing quarterbacks for fantasy purposes, so Hill's a guy that you know you can count on for some rushing yards and probably a rushing touchdown and a guy that can exploit that defense that is um, still a little bit below low average in Dallas. Moving on to the running backs, yeah, Alexander Madison, the Vikings running back at Detroit. He'll be filling in for Dalvin Cook for the next few weeks. Madison's a stud at Boise State. He's been in the league a couple years. You know, he's a guy that can start on most teams. He's had over 800 yards in both starts this year. 26 carries and 25 carries in uh, one of the games and the other game, respectively. So they're going to feed him the rock because he, you know, he is a good running back. Then you got Tennessee running back, Dontrell Hillier. They're on a bye this week, but he had 131 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown last week. Looks like he's taking over that lead role in that offense. They have Jacksonville after the bye. Then you have Lions running back Jamal Williams going against the Vikings. He's taking over for the injured DeAndre Swift. Um, he's had a really good you know, four years in Green Bay in his first year in Detroit. He had 20 touches after Swift got hurt last week, so I'm sure they're going to give him the, bot, the rock a good amount of times. He can come out of the backfield as well. I expect him to get 20, 20 to 25 touches again. Then you got receiver Kendrick Bourne or the Patriots at Buffalo on Monday night. Um, they're playing against the Tredavious White Les Bills after he tore his ACL last week, so Bourne can you know make some plays. He had 61 yards on five catches and two touchdowns last week and is developing in Mac Jones' top target. Then you got Lions receiver Josh Reynolds going against the Vikings. He had 70 yards on touchdown last week at Thanksgiving. He's proven to be Goff's only consistent option, and they have a report going back to their days in L.A. And then lastly, you have tight end Foster Moreau, who I mentioned a little earlier, uh, for the Raiders going against the Washington football team. It looks like he's going to get the start um, with Darren Waller down. He's a solid option if you're looking for a waiver wire uh, for a tight end. Um, he, he had six receptions and a touchdown last time Waller was hurt, so um, they will look his way if um, he is starting on Sunday. Well, with that, that will conclude this Roman Around League episode. Washington team is 5-6 and six after three consecutive wins and in the playoffs if it started today. An exciting no-loss November. I hope some of these fantasy tips help you in your leagues. Next week, I'll be back with a new episode looking back at the Raiders game along with a preview of the washable team Dallas Cowboys game. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanRealLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.